welcome to Empowerment Radio. My name is Dr. Friedman, and I'm so glad that you decided to join me. Empowerment Radio is about giving you the insights, tools, and solutions to address some of the most challenging aspects of our daily lives. So sit back, relax, and empower yourself. Welcome to Empowerment Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Friedman. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, I can imagine that uh, some of this, what we talk about, is particularly for you who has turned in to the show today because there was a big response to the announcement of the topic. Well, what's the topic? Well, let's first look at if this sounds familiar to you. So let's say, for example, your siblings call you and uh, you know they complain that the computer is broken. Well, you just leave everything and try to talk them through the problem, or maybe you even buy them a new computer because that's what you do. Or your boss comes and says, well, you know, we have a deadline and uh, are you willing to volunteer to work through the weekend so that we can meet it? And of course, because that's what you're known for, you step up and you do that. Or you are the only one who has family gatherings at your home. All your other siblings somehow get away with maybe bringing just a bottle of wine while you do everything else. So what is that? Why are you the one who is always catering to others, caring for others, pleasing others? That's what we're going to talk about today because I am myself a recovering pleaser. I was actually given the role of a pleaser by birth. That's pretty much why I was created in the first place because my parents thought, well, maybe if we're going to have a son, the second child, our marriage is going to be better. And so why don't we just call him Friedemann, which means man of peace? Because, you know, a peacemaker is another form of being a pleaser. So I started out right from the crib as the one who was responsible to make sure everyone is okay and everyone is at peace and there is no fighting and no conflict and whatever. Now, that unfortunately just didn't stop just about, you know, taking care of my parents and my sister and making sure about their well-being. It actually extended also into my relationships. So my first girlfriend, when I was 15 years old, she... Uh, was someone I really adored. And since I was a pleaser, I thought, okay, I need to shower her with gifts and attention. I baked her cakes in the shape of animals or pianos. I wrote her poems. And uh, one day I even created, and maybe there was a little Freudian slip there, I created a puppet on the string in the shape of myself. And all my friends were laughing because that's exactly how they saw me in the relationship. She was holding the strings and I was dancing around. I didn't see it this way. I just thought, I like her so much. I want her to like me back. So let me do whatever I can. Now it didn't work. Two years later, she still was really cold to me and always gave me the feeling that others were way more interesting. Now, that broke my little heart, I can tell you that. But at the same time, as they say, when the heart breaks, something breaks open. And what broke open for me was a sense of, excuse my French, screw this, I deserve better than this. And so one day I just decided now, 
I don't think I want to play this game anymore. And from that point on, all of a sudden, she was super interested in me and really wanted to you know, spend more time and return the favor of gifts, etc. Didn't work out. Somehow it was too late. So what's the moral of the story? Well, I guess the moral of the story is that you cannot really force someone to like you or love you by, you know, baking cakes or doing things that ultimately they may have not even asked for. You cannot really, you know, win somebody's heart uh, over by pleasing them into submission. And that's maybe what some of you have really felt in the past, this frustration of doing so much and it never seems enough. So today's show is about how to get out of over-pleasing and over-giving and really learning the lessons that are underneath because ultimately it doesn't mean that you have to stop being kind and caring. It just means that you have to really shift your focus. And for that, we need to understand when pleasing becomes a problem, why we are pleasing in the first place, and then, of course, how do we get out of it? Now, there are different forms of pleasing. You know, like I was a peacemaker, I was the gift maker, the caretaker. But then there is also the chameleon that, uh, you know, always blends in and wants to make sure that, um, you know, there is never anyone against you. Uh, there is certainly also that, that helper that just feels very responsible to take care of those that are in need or cannot help themselves. So there are all different shades of, of caretaking and pleasing. Now, how do you know it is a problem for you? How do you know that you are overdoing it? Now, I, for myself, found that anxiety is a pretty good indicator that you're probably doing something not quite right. And for me, it was about, uh, you know, the anxiety about not doing enough or not maybe doing the right thing and then going over in your head, should I have said something different? Should I have done something different? And that form of always wondering, what do others really think about you? How can I do more? How can I be better? That is an indication that you put other people way before yourself. And another form of anxiety is the anxiety to say no. You know, just not daring to say no because you feel like, well, if I say no, I'm going to lose my friends or I'm going to lose the standing in the family or going to lose my job. So the idea that you don't have really the right or the freedom to stand up for yourself, that's another indication that you really go into this sense of dependency, more dependent on their approval or you know, at least not rejection of you, then you actually depend on yourself and on your opinion about yourself. Another thing a lot of my clients have been struggling with is guilt. That as soon as they feel like they are actually doing something for themselves, there is this sense of guilt that really makes them feel like, well, I'm a bad person. This is really selfish. I shouldn't be like that. And that lo and behold, gets them back into the pleasing mode. And guilt just basically says that for some reason, everybody else is first. You don't really have the right to take care of yourself. And for that, 
you know, it comes also in with not having uh, the right to have your own opinion. So a lot of pleasers are just agreeing with others, with their opinion. And say, mm, yeah, yeah, I understand you, are right. And don't really voice their own points of view. And sometimes they don't even know their own points of view because they became really the, so flexible and adaptable that that became much more important than figuring out what they believe themselves. Loss of energy, feeling drained, feeling exhausted, feeling just like after you know a week of giving and pleasing that, oh, I don't want to see anybody anymore because it's just too much. And you don't even have any energy to take care of yourself anymore. That's definitely an indicator that it's time to do something for yourself. And then there is this sense of identity, you know, where you really see yourself as, just as I did, as a peacemaker, you see yourself as, this is my role. This is who I'm supposed to be. And identities are tricky because they basically really create very firm boundaries around your own growth and self-exploration. If you have an identity and you tell yourself, this is who I am, you're not even looking for anything else. You're just stuck in that. And at some point you may feel like, well, that feels a little tight. That feels like, you know, something is missing and maybe I'm missing out. And that is very important to realize. There is no pleasing without eventually feeling resentful and bitter and angry at those that we have overpleased or overgiven to. So there is really nothing inside of you that eventually just uh, completely, you know, goes into submission and say, okay, I'm just gonna please for the rest of my life because there's always a little piece that feels if you don't get back what you were hoping for, disappointed, that feels let down. And again, that feels resented or resentful at those that somehow were not giving you the love, the approval, the appreciation that you hoped you would get. So if you have all those things together, the biggest problem about being a pleaser is that you don't really know yourself because you have been focusing so much on the outside. You have been always somehow wondering what others want and need that you completely overlooked who you are, what you want and what you need. So the journey to get out of pleasing mode is also the journey to coming back to yourself to really figuring out, well, who am I? What am I about? And what do I really have to give here in this world? Now, I think for a lot of pleasers, and this is a question that comes up very often, they ask me, well, if I am pleasing others and I do this out of the kindness of my heart, what's wrong with that? Shouldn't I just continue to do this because this is who I am? I'm a kind, caring person. Well, after the break, I'm going to give you the answer. And you may actually be surprised because the answer is not as simple. So stay tuned. We'll be right back.
you struggle with fear and anxiety, you know how powerless and stuck these emotions can make you feel. You've tried everything, but nothing helped you overcome these blocks. Dr. Friedman Schaub, award-winning author of The Fear and Anxiety Solution, created a special program which helped thousands of his clients to become healthy, happy, and confident again. Learn how to eliminate negative self-talk, let go of your emotional baggage, and replace limiting beliefs. With Dr. Friedman's accelerated program, you can break through your challenges. Visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. The truth is funny. Shift happens with monthly guest host Karen Benton. Tune in for powerful conversations about health and wellness. Karen brings unique insights rich with humor and science to her discussions with experts in medicine, movement, psychology, spirituality, and so much more. Don't miss Karen on The Truth Is Funny every third Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Karen, visit KarenBetton.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Hey, if you want to ask a question or just have a little help with your pleasing patterns, call at 800-930-2819 or just write some comment into Facebook because the show is also on Facebook Live. Again, 800-930-2819. We just talked about pleasing and what's the difference between pleasing and basically doing that what is natural to you which is to be kind and caring now the difference is that when you do please others you actually want something in return there is something that you hope to get from whatever you're doing for them and if you only operate from kindness and caring just because this is who you are there is no expectation on what other people are doing. You just are doing this because you know it's the right thing. Now, here's a great example of a person that I feel is kind and caring and doesn't have that pleaser bone inside of him. And it's a fictional person. And it's right now my favorite show, which is Ted Lasso on uh, Apple TV. I have to say it's really great. So if you didn't have a chance to watch it, see it because it is about really being caring and kind and, and not taking stuff personally and just continue doing the things that seem to be right. Now, the reason why we do please, just like in my case, starts usually very early. It's one of those survival patterns. You know, it's one of those things we figure out that gets us what we want. The pleasing can start with parents being super busy. Maybe they're more kids to take care of and you just figure out well if i'm going to do always the right thing and help mom cleaning the kitchen up or empty the dishwasher i get a little smile or maybe even a hug or maybe you figured out after your friends in school all of a sudden stop talking to you for no reason whatsoever you couldn't figure it out that in the future you want to keep friends by pleasing them by being the one who's always available, who doesn't make any problems. There are countless scenarios that you can find that brings up inside of you the idea of in order to not get rejected, in order to have some kind of a, a standing in the tribe, in the family, in order to have a sense of 
belonging and worthiness. I need to please others. It's pure survival. Now, there are other survival patterns. You could have chosen to become completely rebellious and just show everyone the middle finger and feel like, you know, I just doing my own thing, which is a form of also survival because you feel like this way I'm establishing my autonomy. Or you could become the invisible who just disappears, goes to her room and uh, reads a book and doesn't want to interact with anyone. You chose to be a pleaser because you have this kind and caring nature inside of you. So that's your gift, just like the gift of your sensitivity. The problem is just that with this kind and caring nature, you chose to go into the survival pattern and by doing this and by making other people more important than yourself, you have stunted your own growth. You have stunted your own self-exploration. And that is something, well, that's not a problem because you can always make up for it, but it's something that you just know, well, I actually became really, even as an adult, so dependent on this pleasing because I have never really learned to give myself that what I wanted from others, whether it's approval, whether it's appreciation, whether it's just a sense that you matter. All of those things, it's like, you know, if someone always gets fed, and cooked for, and uh, you never really had to buy groceries or, or really learn to make a meal, well, there is a very strong dependency on that. And if you don't have people cooking for you, well, you're starving. And pleasers are starving for love and attention and some sense of, uh, of being, you know, not completely without worthiness. And that is something that comes from way back and then later on, it just becomes the pattern that uh, almost is, uh, you know, autopilot for all pleasers because it just feels more natural to do that and get your little uh, fill of appreciation this way than really learning to do it yourself. Now, the problem is that, you know, this dependency of this, uh, of this uh, approval or at least recognition, also makes you naturally have all that focus. You know, your whole uh, inner radar system is so much placed on others that you literally don't really know what you want, who you are, what you desire, and you are very, very susceptible to other people's energy and other people's uh, uh, opinion and, uh, and judgment about you. So when you are in that cycle, you really feel very quickly uh, hurt or, you know, just uh, uh, uncomfortable or, or reject it. And even though maybe this has nothing to do with you because you are so sensitive to other people's feelings and, uh, and what's going on with them, you do absorb it and you do take it personal. So it's a good thing to realize, well, do I still have to live in that survival mode? Maybe it was important when I was little. Maybe just in my case, you know, I, I felt like, well, I cannot really be loved. I, I cannot really have a girlfriend unless I am really giving and baking and all those things. But in the end, don't we know better in the meantime? 
don't we have more indications that we can actually be independent and take care of ourselves than still go through these pleasing patterns? Now, there is one very, uh, you know, slippery thing about being pleasing besides that, you know, it is something that you're feeding yourself with other people's appreciation. And besides that, you can also hide behind being a pleaser where you just don't really have to show what's inside of you because you don't like what's inside of you. Maybe you have figured out or told yourself, well, you know, I think I looked inside. I think I know who I am and it's not really good. So let's not have anyone really see that. Keep everyone on arm's length. When people you know, get together, ask the questions, but don't talk about yourself. Laugh about your jokes, but don't make your own jokes. So that form of hiding is also something that, you know, is a very early pattern of security and self-protection. But the other side is that control. And it's really interesting how many times pleasers actually are, you could almost say, passively, aggressively controlling others by just being the ones who create the dependency. Now, this can be with your kids, that you're just always hovering and uh, making sure they're okay and uh, not really ever creating boundaries, never want to have conflict. And what you're doing is making them dependent on you and making them basically not ever feel like they can face maybe challenges and difficulties because you take them all away and by that, you control the relationship and you make sure that you will never be left alone or, or abandoned. Or maybe you are controlling with your pleasing your partner and just, you know, again, make yourself indispensable, make this person so comfortable and yourself so invisible behind the servant role that, again, you feel like, well, he or she need me. They, they cannot be without me. So realize that the pleasing isn't just only about, you know, being submissive. Sometimes it can also go into that more, uh, yeah, controlling part. And, and unfortunately there, you're doing more harm to others than you're actually helping them because you never let them really grow. I have clients that tell me about uh, the relationship with a parent who let's say, was always uh, dealing with alcohol or was always dealing with depression and they felt the need to be the pleasers, to, to, to always take care of that person because they needed the parent to not totally fall apart or, or maybe uh, abandon them. But that pattern went into the adulthood. And in the adulthood, then, they continued to enable the bad behavior or continue to not believe that uh, the parent can really get out of the depression or look for help uh, and, uh, and maybe not need to have a 24-hour hotline with their, with their kid. So that is also something that looking back, they realize, wow, I actually made this life of my parents uh, just somehow okay so that they could stay in their dysfunction and never really had so much uh, discomfort or pain that they needed to change or needed to look for help. And that's not conscious. These are all subconscious patterns. It's just important that we are aware of what we are doing 
that we are waking up to our responsibility to ourselves and to others uh, and realize that pleasing actually can do more harm than good for both sides. So how do we get out of it? Well, there are simple steps. And by the way, we're going to do in the last 15 minutes a little you know, guided process, a process about one of the four steps to get out of pleasing mode. But the first step is self-awareness. And just like I talked about, being aware of this is the problem. This is, uh, you know, the, the, these are the, the fallouts of the pleasing. This is where I cause problems and pain for myself and maybe for others. We also need to have the self-awareness and, and really be aware that this is something that has made us really disconnect from ourselves. We don't really know who we are. We don't really have a clue what we really want. I mean, when you look at your pleasing patterns and you would say, well, I have all the time, money, energy, and maybe even the freedom to do whatever I want, what would I do? Often people just don't know and they also feel very uncomfortable even having to ask these questions themselves. So just realizing that this is a journey back to discovering yourself that gets you out of, of the pleasing mode. And, uh, you know, for that, you may want to go back and realize also where this all started, you know, forgive or at least uh, understand what other people did when they made you feel you had to please because maybe you felt unsafe or insecure or rejected, that these are things that say more about them than it says about you. And that you can feel somewhat good about yourself, that you chose to rather give goodness and support in the world than maybe respond with anger or with, uh, with bullying, rejection, like uh, those that potentially have hurt you. And also think about that, what it means for you as you are going more into the self-awareness, what it means for you to have greater independence again. You know, if we are not aware of why we want to change, we don't change. So think about if I can actually get this, this pleasing pattern out of my system, what's in it for me? How could I really then maybe have more peace or more stability or just a better relationship with myself? So these are all uh, pieces of self-awareness that I think are really, really important when it comes to becoming um, more independent of pleasing and becoming more self-reliant when it comes to how you feel about yourself. And besides the self-exploration, being really just also aware of the pattern of raising your hand right away when someone needs you or volunteering right away to host the next uh, Thanksgiving at your home, you know, being aware of, I need to stop those knee-jerk reflexes. There is also this awareness of your goodness, which is about filling your self-worth account. Because what you want is a sense of worthiness, a sense of that what you do is fundamentally either okay or something of value. Well, if you always you know, want others to give this to you, you easily 
lose sight on what really is inside of you. And so uh, most pleasers I'm working with, I ask to have a self-worth account and really think about every day how to fill it. Every day, really spend a moment and look at their goodness, independent of what they do for others. And that means like really looking at what you uh, are as a person and not what you do as a human doing. So this can be just uh, the, the goodness of yourself to actually notice the beautiful sunshine rather than you know already thinking about whatever, going to work or any problems and just not even realizing, well, maybe this is actually something that uh, nature right now can feed me because it's so beautiful. You know, it can be the goodness of having empathy, empathy for those that suffer, even if you cannot really help them, but you actually see them and you do have an open heart for them. It can be that you see your self-worth in really treating yourself well, that you think about, wow, isn't it nice that I do uh, eat healthy or that I chose to go uh, to the gym or you know, on my little home bike or whatever those things are. So really look at yourself as a source of self-worth so that you become more and more full with that, which again allows you then to express your kindness because this is who you are and not because it's a currency like going to the market and you want something in return. We'll be right back, just a brief break with the other two things you can do to overcome these pleasing patterns. Are you feeling lost or unmotivated, stuck and not sure what to do next? David George Brooke has exactly what you need on That Gratitude Guy podcast. David George Brooke is a speaker, best-selling author, and life coach here to share stories of motivation and inspiration to help you get unstuck and achieve great things by living with gratitude. Live every first and third Friday at 1230 Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to The Crooked Climb with Suzanne Taylor King and Denise Stiegel, committed to guiding your journey through the world through mindfulness and personal care. These ladies are rebellious, real, funny, and powerful, helping you realize your full potential while navigating the twists and turns life always brings us. Tune in live every second and fourth Friday at 12.30 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Empowerment Radio. Uh, how to get out of pleasing mode, overgiving, overextending yourself? Well, we already talked about two ways. One is to gain more self-awareness. And by more self-awareness, you also gain uh, greater self-reliance. And just know that you are the one who can ultimately live your own life. And you don't depend so much on other people to give you permission to maybe speak up or feel good about yourself. 
And the second one was to fill your self-worth account. Just notice who you are. Give yourself what you hope to get from others. And the third one is to give people a chance. You know, as someone who knows a bit about pleasing, one of the things we don't do is to open up to receive. So when I got out of my pleasing mode, I deliberately did the opposite of what uh, I used to do. I was the one that actually started to talk about myself rather than only asking questions or listening. I was the one who asked people for help rather than feeling like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to help them. But, you know, if I need something, I'll just do it myself. I, I think I can do it better myself. I was the one who started to, you know, really take in the appreciation I got, not just deflecting it and saying, oh, yeah, they are just saying it. They're just going to, you know, they are just nice or they are just appreciating me because I was bending over backwards. No, I was open to let people see me and to let people simply love and appreciate me for who I am and not for what I do. And that takes a little courage, right? You know, it's a vulnerable thing to all of a sudden open up and let yourself be seen. And it's a vulnerable thing also to just do the opposite and put yourself out, become the receiver and let other people give because you wonder, will they do it? Will they really give me what I want? Will they really help me? Will they really listen to me? Will they really be kind to me? And guess what? Not everyone will, but a lot of people will give you that what you deserve which is love and attention. It may not be the people right now that you want something in return back, but it may be a new you know, group of people, people that may surprise you, people that may have been waiting for you to show up in your most authentic and real way. So give it a try. It's absolutely worth it. Now, the most natural and... Uh, I think, you know, most obvious way to get out of pleasing mode is to have boundaries. And there are four boundaries. And because I feel like I can talk a lot and, you know, sometimes it may go in on one ear and out on the other ear. So I want to make you actually experience those boundaries more through a visualization. And I'm just going to briefly say what those four boundaries are. And then we're going to delve into this inner work where it's not only like an intellectual understanding it's actually more a subconscious visceral uh, you know taking on of something that may actually really serve you to easily switch out of this uh, pleasing mode and the four boundaries are the external boundary of saying no and just really saying to people not now or uh, never then is the internal boundary, which is stopping to think about those that you in that moment may have uh, you know, disappointed or stop thinking about the people that in the past were so important uh, for yourself worse. Just that pattern you know, of having this uh, mind racing, stopping that. The third one is the boundary of just releasing those old imprints and you know decluttering yourself uh, from the limiting beliefs that say only if i do this i can receive love and attention 
or I'm fundamentally not good enough, so I have to always prove my worth through giving to others. You know, these are inner uh, imprints and programs that we can release. This is something I do with clients all the time in one-on-one sessions. And the fourth boundary is the boundary of a, a force field of compassion, where we are looking at people no longer with, I see your pain, so that's my role and my responsibility to fix it, but more like I see your pain and I believe that you have the resources inside of you and the ability to heal yourself or to grow from it and really being able to discern when is it my turn to step in and when is it my turn just to know that there is hope, there is light, there is for them the possibility and I don't want to stifle their growth and healing by always stepping over uh, my role in their lives and just know that in order to create wholeness and happiness, sometimes we have to go through certain troubles and challenges. Otherwise, we cannot really find what's inside of us. So these four boundaries I'm going to introduce to you in a nice visualization. So why don't you just uh, lean back and close your eyes. Take a few breaths in and out. And with each breath, feel your own presence more and more. Use your breath to remember that this is your life. And there is one person in that life who matters the most, which is you. You don't only have the right to take care of yourself, you have the responsibility to make yourself the priority. After all, if you are all drained and empty, what is there left to give? Giving doesn't mean giving up on yourself. So be open to learn about the four boundaries that will help you to become more independent and more free from the old pattern of pleasing others. Now imagine that you're in a beautiful home, a comfortable place where you can just be yourself, where you can heal and grow, thrive and learn to love yourself more and more. This can be a cottage, a mansion, a farmhouse or a loft in the city. What matters most is that you feel truly safe to be yourself here. So look around and you may see that this home isn't yet how you want it to be. But you know there is huge potential here. And you know that you can make this home the home of your dream. You have the ability to do the things that need to be done every day. But even more than that, 
you also know that you can find out things that you always wanted to do and you can do them now in that home without any doubts and hesitations. And all of a sudden, you hear somebody knocking at the door. You open and see a familiar face. You know, one of those people from work or a friend or a family member, someone you usually please or take care of. And this person is here with an expectation, as always, for you to drop whatever you're doing, to leave your home, and to take care of his or her needs. But unlike all the other times where you immediately agree and give, and even often overgive, this time you say kindly but firmly, no, I have to take care of my home, myself, and my life first. And you notice with surprise that your visitor accepts your boundary and is actually leaving with more respect and appreciation for you than before. So back in your house, you take a moment and with excitement and relief, you realize that saying no wasn't that difficult. And it was actually quite empowering. But then you hear this familiar inner voice piping up, the voice of that part of you that starts feeling anxious and maybe even guilty about disappointing others and potentially losing their acceptance and approval. So you sit down and kindly but firmly say, no, we are not going down the path of guilt and shame. I choose to give myself the time, energy and care I used to give to everybody else but myself. Taking care of myself is not selfish or self-centered. Taking care of myself is my sacred responsibility to myself and my life. So this is your second boundary, your inner boundary, which allows you to refocus on yourself and your home improvements. So you're scanning around and you can see that other people have left a bit of a mess here that needs to be cleared out. This clutter that you see are all the expectations and projections people have burdened you with. The role of the peacemaker, caretaker, selfless helper, all those roles that you were given since your childhood. Or you can find the imprints of your colleagues that you are the one who always can take overtime on the weekend, or your friends and family members who expect you to be always there for them. 
without any questions asked. So this is your third boundary, which is to let go of all these old patterns and programs that no longer serve you and truthfully have only distracted you from yourself. So you go through each room with a big bag and collect all the unwanted clutter and junk that doesn't belong to you. You clean your house to make it your own. And remember, letting go is easy and natural, just like exhaling. And the more you're filling into this bag, the more clutter you find, the lighter you feel. You actually have fun cleaning your home. And you realize that somehow all these old situations and people and projections had captured some of you, some of your power. So by taking charge and letting go, you feel your power returning more and more. And you feel that you're creating space for more of yourself, your authentic truth to return as well. Now, after all this great work, you sit down and relax and put your feet up. And you know how empowering it feels to have your boundaries, to say no to others, to say no to your own impulses, to feel bad when you don't take care of others. You enjoy the freedom and the lightness of releasing the old energies and echoes of other people's expectations. But you also realize when you take a moment and look into your heart that you are a kind and caring person, somebody who wants to do good in the world. And so here is your fourth boundary, the force field of compassion. In the past, you have taken the problems and needs of others personally. You have absorbed their feelings and expectations and opinions, and therefore we're often unable to discern between them and yourself. With compassion, however, you're still aware of what others need or are going through, but you can clearly see what is them and what is you. It's like an invisible barrier. So with a force field of compassion, you can calmly reflect on any given situation and choose, not out of neediness, but out of strength, how you want to approach it. Through the lens of compassion, you never lose sight on the responsibility for yourself and on other people's potential and potential and responsibility to learn, grow, and overcome their own problems. So open your heart 
and let your compassion gently flow from it. Fill yourself up and surround yourself with that compassion like a beautiful light. Feel this compassion not only for others, but also for yourself. This allows you to always know whether it's time for you to support others from the kindness of your heart or whether it's time to take care of yourself. And as you sit in the light of your compassion, reflecting on your boundaries, you trust that through your kind and caring nature, you will continue to be of support to those that you love and care about. But you no longer overgive or overextend yourself. Your sense of worthiness and safety depend on you and not on others. So instead of pleasing others, you're committed to learn to appreciate love and believe in yourself more and more. Because whatever you have been looking for in others is already available to you within. So allow yourself just to let all these messages percolate in your system find their place in your mind. Take on what feels right. And let yourself just be inspired by whatever you have now seen as possible for you to find yourself, your independence, and your peace confidence and happiness through letting go of pleasing others and learning to focus more on yourself. And then allow yourself to take a nice breath in. Exhale. One more time, deeply inhale. Exhale. And open your eyes. Welcome back. All right. So I hope you know that having boundaries is actually not complicated. And that there are different ways for us to establish a really strong self-supporting a relationship with ourselves, which doesn't mean that we have to separate ourselves from being kind or being caring to others. It just means that we are much more able to discern whether we are at that time capable, whether we have the energy, whether it's right for us. It is simply shifting your awareness inside so that you can be of greater service to the outside world. Because in the end, I don't think that we really can 
serve anybody if we never really know who we are. And unfortunately, for pleasers in particular, knowing who they are is not exactly in the forefront of their mind. And it's something that in order to get out of this, we really have to start with that first step of taking ourselves more serious and starting that search for the me, which is exactly what I'm doing in my work. So if you wanna learn more about how to empower yourself, how to get out of survival patterns, how to overcome the anxiety and the fear and insecurity that comes with all of that, well, you find me at drfriedemann.com, which is D-R-F-R-I-E-D-E-M-A-2-N.com. You can fill out a form or call at 206-323-2762. And I'm very happy to talk with you and set up a free initial consultation so that we can see how we can work together via Zoom, Skype, phone, wherever you are, I can reach you there and I can support you. Well, this is it for today. Uh, I wish you a great week. Uh, there is a very big announcement coming in the next few weeks, so stay tuned. I will let you know. Until then, take very good care of yourself. Honor your kindness and your compassion as a way to give to yourself. And then also when you feel replenished and full and overflowing, to also give to those around you. Take care. You've been listening to Empowerment Radio with Dr. Friedman Schaub. Join Dr. Friedman every first and third Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, as he addresses some of the most prevailing challenges of our daily lives. To learn more about how Dr. Friedman's personal breakthrough program can help you overcome fear, anxiety, and low self-esteem, visit thefearandanxietysolution.com. Views expressed on this program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the station, its management, or advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio.